Thank you for joining us for the final episode of this season of the We Are Wayfarers podcast. We are Ben and Crystal Woods, your hosts today, as we talk about yet another very meaningful culture code that has impacted our family deeply. It's a code that has defined so much of how we carry the sorrow that our family has known in the past few years. And we're so grateful for the way it continues to frame reality as we travel the brave way home. This is Season 3, Episode 6, The End is Not the End, and thank you for joining us. Well, glad you're back with us as we wrap up Season 3. Here we are, wrapping it up, right? That's the plan. This is Christmas time. That's what you do. You wrap things up. This is funny. Very punny. Oh. <laughs> no, but here we are. This is the final stretch. We're leading into Christmas. And I don't know about you, but it feels like a bit of a sprint to me. Yes, definitely. Lots to do. Lots yeah. to do. Like, and my guess is that most anybody that has managed to find the time to listen to us right now for this episode <laughs> is like, I ain't got time for this. Uh, we've got we've got a lot going on. There's things to get tackled. I mean, school's almost finished for the semester yeah yeah i mean today like we're recording this on monday so we literally have one more day of school oh wow i know ezra has navigated another yet another semester of his high school career wearing a hoodie every Every single day (laughs) this kid is on a streak i mean to to tackle his entire freshman year and as of tomorrow he will have tackled his in the half first half of his sophomore year in a hoodie. Uh, there's no turning back. I feel like if he doesn't finish strong, that's a missed opportunity. That's that's a stat to go after, in my opinion. <laughs> and after Christmas morning, he'll have a few more of those hoodies to add to the collection. So, Well, what if he listens to this? He's going to know what we got him. Oh, well, Ezra, I'm sorry if you just suddenly start listening to your mom and dad. I've ruined the surprise. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we have to worry. He he's not listening to the podcast. Yeah, but he does listen to us. Usually, usually, yes, yeah. he's a good kid. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but for everybody else who is out, um, maybe doing last minute shopping, I just want to let you know that we are still shipping out slime and swag from both the Brave Way Home and from Lookout for the Left Out from Cala's Slime Shop, um, all the way up till Christmas Eve. Yeah, we'll take a quick little breather over Christmas break away from local pickups and shipping, and so. The online store will, I mean, it'll stay open. It's always open, um, but we got to take a little break so we can just be present over Christmas with family. Yeah, but if you do shop from one of those things, I it's just such a beautiful way to support both the ministry of the Brave Way Home, but also Kala's mission, that mission that she wanted all of her slime shop to go to serve uh, Forget Me Not Ministries, and that's where we get the privilege of pushing every single penny of profit. Yeah, and uh, we've been sending out slime like crazy in the last that week and That makes my heart happy. Yeah, I mean, there's there's slime going all over the place, so it's a beautiful thing. So, Absolutely. We are so grateful for every single order that comes in and the privilege of being able to send these special things out to you. And we're praying over every single package. Like it's the most beautiful thing to see all these different addresses and names come through that some of them are familiar and some of them we've we've 
never met these people or we, we don't know them through anything else other than this connection point. And to pray over all this stuff that's going all over the place, it's it's a privilege. Yeah. So, But I think part of that is our, our heart to connect. We, we want to be among, we want to be with, we, we want to we want to connect with other people. And there's pathways for you to do that. There's so many pathways, whether it's social media or just going back to the website, getting on the email newsletter. Great ways, simple ways. Thebravewayhome.com allows you to be more aware of all the things that we're doing on a ministry front and the way we're leaning into it. It's it's a great resource to know what what you're stepping into when you are wayfaring with us. And so that's that's a great anchor point. And before I forget, uh, season four, we should mention season four. <laughs> yeah. So this is the final episode of season three, um, and we'll launch the next season, you know, sometime in January. We really have a kind of... <laughs> I like it. You're looking at me like, oh, did we set a date? No, we we've not set a date. <laughs> but but we've got we've got a lot of ideas. We've got a lot of plans. But I, I think we, we just want to make sure that we're sensitive to all the things unfolding on our calendar. We got some really beautiful things coming up and we need that breather so that what we're leaning into makes sense and it's moving at a holy pace. So season four is coming sometime in the new year, more than likely tail end of January-ish. Right in there. Yeah? Yeah. Sound okay with you? We'll let you know. Yeah, we'll let you know. (laughs) Hey, also, there's been a flurry of encouragement coming in. In the last oh, few days. Oh, you're saying that because of the weather? No, <laughs> no. Um, it makes a lot of sense so now when you say it. Winter weather watch. No, there's been so many deeply encouraging notes and messages that have come our way just in the last few days about the podcast. And I hope you guys never get tired of hearing us say this, but maybe I'm going to wear you out with this. But thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening along. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for supporting the ministry work of the Brave Way Home. Like when we look back over this year and we reflect of how good God has been to us, he's continued to refine us, he's continued to comfort us, he's continued to use us in beautiful ways, powerful ways, profound ways, and one of the most beautiful blessings all along the way is all of the people that he's crossed our paths with, these fellow wayfarers, you guys listening along and journeying with us then you're actively choosing to live life differently because that's what our King calls us to. And that's what our world needs of us. And so we're just deeply encouraged and we pray that you are too. And as we're heading into Christmas, this time of so much hope invading the brokenness of this world, we want you to know that our prayers are with you and our prayers are for you that you would have a joyful and gentle. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and jump into our topic for today. We're just talking about yet another Team Woods culture code. And depending on whether or not you've been following along since we first launched. Kudos to you. (laughs) Or if you've just (laughs) discovered this podcast because maybe a friend shared it with you. Hey, kudos to you. This whole season of episodes has been devoted to some of... Um, our culture code as a family, the language and the liturgy that we've kind of intentionally woven into the fabric of our family culture, all with the hopes, all with the intention of pointing our children's hearts to Jesus. 
exposing them to the person of Jesus, the ways of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, the love of Jesus, and the fruit born from a life lived in love with Jesus. I mean, that's that's our plan as parents, to pastor the hearts of our children and point them to the one who can save them. And so the code that we're going to lean into today is this, the end is not the end. And there's lots to unpack with that. So maybe a good place to start is by maybe just bringing some definition to what the end is and what we're getting at when we use those words. So Benjamin, what comes to mind when you hear the word the end? Quick note, I love it when you call me Benjamin, Um, (laughs) because most people say Benjamin, uh, and there's no R in my name. So, but to your question, when I think of the end, my mind goes to, well, the end of movies or the end of ball games or the end of a season, not just in nature, but like the end of a TV <laughs> season, right? Like mm-hmm. a series of some kind. A finale and a fin- <laughs> the final episode. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I mean, it's a, it's a, a period of time. It's, there's, there's always a sense of finality often with it but i think of the in when you're watching a marvel movie you know and you have to endure all of the credits and and then you you stick around for that little clip right after and then there's more credits and then what there's another, another clip, clip. <laughs> right and, and they've trained us to yeah. sit there through it all yeah <laughs> sometimes it's easy to think of that i mean all the way down to you know the expiration date on a milk jug, uh, but the end of relationships. The end of a contract, the end of a project or or something you've been working on. I mean, I, there's a goal almost that's that seems to be inherent in some of the, the idea of the end. Well, and I think culturally we we use that. It's much like every other word. It's used pretty loosely in a lot of ways. But, but there is something about the finality of it. There's a, if, if it's the end of something, it's, it's not that doesn't mean that some things aren't, don't have necessary endings. Mm-hmm. Some things have very necessary endings. And so there's a boundary that comes with it. There's, there's limits that come with it. Yeah. And there's lots of contexts that we know and understand the word, the end, but the one that we're addressing specifically when we say the end is not the end is the end of what we can see in this reality. We're, we're talking about death and something that we want to equip our kids with as we're teaching them how to live in a world that is marked by the curse is, is just how to reconcile some of the darker realities that we will have to face here. The hard things that we know, the hard things that other people know, and the hard things that our kids are going to inevitably encounter. They need to know how to correctly view life And they need to know how to correctly view death. Well, because the way that they view death will inevitably impact the way that they view life. The way that they choose to run their own race. This race marked out for them. Knowing the whole time, uh, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Mm. Even when everything inside of us sometimes is screaming like, just run past this all, just get done with it, get done with it, get done with it. Like we're running a marathon and it, it, I mean, it speaks to pace and that would be a conversation to Mm -hmm. lean into at some point of 
how much it matters to run the right race at the right pace. But I think that's why it's become such one of the reasons why it's become such a meaningful culture code for us that we're leaning into as the end is not the end. It's because we, we want to teach and train that not everything is a sprint, that, that life is a marathon. It's still a race, but it, it's a marathon. For us, this language is big picture language, and that helps us keep a big picture perspective. Mm. The death is the end of life here, but it's not the end of the story. It's not the end of us. The end is not the end. Yeah, like the reality that we know, the world that we see all around us, it is not all there is. There is more to come. And we have truth after truth after truth in scripture that tells us that that what the world tells us is the end is not the end. And for us, this is just somewhat of a newer culture code. It's, it's one that we have added along the way. Um, but years ago, like before Lila was born, uh, when Ezra and Kala were really young and they had, you know, pretty little idea about what death was. It wasn't something that they really had to reconcile to their reality. Like goldfish died and batteries died and flowers died. And and I think we were really careful about how we talked about death with them because it's heavy for adults. How much more heavy is it for kids? It's so much for them to wrestle with. But really one of the first times that I remember the awful reality of death really impacting the way that Ezra and Kala's lives um, were, were being understood by them uh, was when some dear friends of us had suffered a miscarriage. And I remember explaining to them that the baby that we have been celebrating, the baby that had been growing in our friend's belly, had died and was now in heaven with Jesus. And I remember the confusion and the silence. And then like the questions that followed as they tried to understand what that really meant. Like, so like this baby won't come out. What happened and why? But I remember that as they were asking me these things and as I'm praying through how I explain that these words were just kind of impressed on my heart. And these words are what came out of my mouth. And that is that the end is not the end. That death is just an awful reality in this life, but it is not the end. There is much more beyond what we can see beyond the darkness of death and for babies who are rescued before they're born. And for any person who lets Jesus save them, heaven is what, is what is ahead. The end is not the end. I wanted them to know that. I wanted them to know that even though death is a part of our reality and that everybody is affected by it, um, it is not the end. It is not what is absolute. It is not, there is much more beyond that because that is something that we know as adults, as, as we encounter, you know, reality after reality in this life, that when you come face to face with death, you realize how small you are and how powerless you are against it. Like this is the curse. This is the wages of sin. This is what our appetite for evil has bought for us. And even though we can't really see past the door of death, we do know that it leads somewhere. And we understand that through the truth of scripture, that there is really life after death, that death is not the end, that it's a removal of 
the earthly body that kind of anchors you in this dimension, but it is not the end of you. And wouldn't you say that in our culture, this is a pretty hot topic. There's a lot of opinions about this and not just finality in in general, but like who has final say and, and what really does happen. This is something that has captured the imagination and the fascination of generation after generation. But when you come face to face with this is the race we must run, this is what is marked out in front of us, and you either run it or you don't, it demands that you wrestle with it in deeper ways. It demands that you have better answers. It demands that your theology of suffering and your theology of of life and your theology of death, that that those would be anchored in deeper truths beyond our our feelings mm-hmm. and and rightly so anchored in the truth of scripture. Yeah. Because I th- I think so much of, of our culture would try to tell us one thing and and it's so easy to get swept up in what we think or what we feel or what we have heard or what that person had said. But if we anchor it in the truth of scripture, we have such a firm ground to stand on that we know that this is true no matter what anybody else says or our emotions might pull us this way. Like this is firm and sturdy truth. This is an anchor that we can sink into. Um, and, and there's just such certainty and confidence that comes when your culture codes, when the way that you view life, the way that you're shaping your family are springing from what you have defined and what you have recognized as absolute truth. And a big picture perspective really requires, it demands big picture language. And I know for our hearts, in our deepest, darkest moments of pain and grief, we've needed to be reminded that the end is not the end. Absolutely. It's another way for us to say heavenly thinking, invading earthly living. Yeah. And we know that death is a reality that we all have to wrestle with. Death is a reality for every single person. We know this from scripture. We know this from life that all men are destined to die. And that should humble us. Like if we feel small and powerless in this world that we know, we see, we experience, think about how overwhelmed we will be in that reality beyond death. And that's the hope of the gospel, that there is one who has gone ahead of us, one who has tasted death and is walking with us from this life into the next, one who is our our ark of safety the one who is our shepherd, our leader, fit to bring us into our salvation. That there really is just one name under heaven by which we must be saved, and it is Jesus. It is only and always Jesus who will save us when we pass through death. That he's the only one who will give us eternal life with himself, the only one who will save us from the judgment that we deserve. He is the only one who will bring light and the light of his truth and his mercy and his grace into the dark reality of death, that the end is not the end. And for those who know Jesus as Savior and King, that is good, good news. And so there's several reasons that we have pronounced this code in our family. And one of them is to remind ourselves that if we are in Christ, we do not need to fear death. 
And if you're familiar with some of our story and some of what our family, what our Kala has had to walk through, you know how foundational that truth is that we do not need to fear death because Jesus does not leave us alone to face it by ourselves. Arcala bravely faced the darkness and she trusted in the one who was with her. He did not leave her alone and we do not need to fear anything with our king by our side. And so the truth that we do not need to fear death, it does not mean that it doesn't hurt. It does not mean that we're, we're not afraid, but we're courageous in the middle of it. We're brave because we trust the one that we're with, the one who never leaves us. And Brave, brave means to have courage in the face of fear. Because fear will lead us to be paralyzed and stuck in all kinds of things that we're facing. Hard things. So many people walking through hard things. And the way through requires bravery. And so my mind will naturally go to 2 Corinthians 5 when Paul is talking about the tension between our earthly tent and our eternal house in heaven. Like when he's talking about this this tension that we are, this here, we're intense, but there's something permanent up ahead. And it's not been built by human hands. <laughs> it's It's been built by the one who created us and put his image on us. But he says this phrase in, in 2 Corinthians 5, in the first handful of verses, he says, says that Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. And I think of that word, meanwhile, because that's where we live. That's where all of humanity lives. We live in the meanwhile. But just as the few verses next to it say, that God has given us the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. And I think sometimes the meanwhile, the groaning and the longing that comes from the meanwhile, it feels like the end. It feels like there's finality in that. Like when heartache finds its way to you, the meanwhile can be heavy, but there's also room for it to be hopeful because I think of the words that you would speak over Kala's heart over and over and over again. It's just for now. It's not forever. And I just want to encourage other hearts that are walking through hard things, facing hard things. If you are living life in the meanwhile <laughs> and the, the volume of the groaning is loud, it's just for now. It's not forever. Hope and heartache can hold hands. Because in verse 6 and 7 and 8, that's where he uses that word, therefore. Right? Like in this body, it means that we are away from the Lord. But away from the body means that we are at home with, with the, Lord. the Lord. This is that, where that language of absent from the body is present with the Lord. And he goes on to say, so make it your goal to please him no matter what. Like the pursuit of your life is to bring him glory and honor, like at all cost, whether you are with him or away from him. Our hearts need that reminder that though we may feel like we're living in the 
the end, the meanwhile, it's not the end. The worst things are not the last things. It's that reminder that death is not defeat, but it's graduation to glory. And that does not mean it's not costly. It does not mean that it's not painful. It does not mean that grief follows. But it means that it's not the end. It means that death does not have the final word. Exactly. I think another way that we've allowed this to to wash over our hearts, this code, to impact us, is to help us run our race in this life well. Like what we do in this life matters. It, It gives so much more purpose to the way we walk out our way home, the way we wayfare. There's meaning in the work that we put our hands to right now. That's why we do what we do as if we're doing it for the Lord. Because there's eternal significance, there's eternal meaning that will be revealed when we pass through the finish line of this life. So I would say embrace and maintain an eternal perspective. And just as you've said over and over again, how often scripture speaks of this mindset, this eternal perspective, Maybe it's just because I've been studying in Philippians in this stretch. Again, I love Philippians. But verse 6, chapter 1, he who began a good work in you, what will he do? He's going to carry it on on to completion. completion. That sounds like the end, but it says he'll do the work until the day of Christ Jesus. This dude is writing from house arrest, Roman prison. And I'm telling you, Do some studying on just every time Paul says the day, the day, the day, because he's talking about Christ's return Mm -hmm. and he's painting the picture that this is that day that we are to live in the imminence of it, the inevitability of it, as if it is just beyond the horizon, the dawning of the next day. He's talking about Christ's return and he's helping us understand the end is not the end. He's far from finished with us. But he's not leaving us. He's walking with us. So I think it it screams to keep an eternal perspective. That whatever hard thing you're walking through, you would not lose sight of the fact that he's walking with you and that what you're walking through right now, it is not the end of you, no matter what it is. Yeah. And I know for me, and I hope for our Ezra and our Lila, and especially for our Kala and all that she had to suffer through in her journey. I, there is great joy ahead. I hope it inspires that in them. It does in me that there is joy worth pushing toward that whether you run or you walk or you crawl forward, that Romans 8 is really true, that nothing that we walk through here will be worth comparing to the glory that lies ahead. There is no comparison between between our our present suffering and our future glory. Sorry, I just, I'm with you, amening you. (laughs) Yeah, but it is, it's hope for those grueling, difficult, awful stretches of wilderness that this life will require us to travel on this side the end is not the end tells me that there is more beyond what i can see and that it is worth patiently enduring it is worth the journey that there is reward ahead and i have got to keep moving toward it i cannot settle and i cannot quit the end is not the end 
And it serves such a reminder to keep going. Run the race. Wayfair forward with hope held out. Like my mind starts stirring with patient endurance and the perseverance that we're called to. Romans 5, right? Suffering. We're, we're to rejoice in, not because of, but in our suffering. Because suffering creates perseverance. Perseverance creates character. Character creates hope. And hope, hope does not, not disappoint. disappoint. Because of the love that's been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Like we have the, the deposit. We have the guarantee. That hope, that perseverance, it's necessary to walk through hard things with. But again, I know James 1 talks about the same thing, right? And Philippians 3, like when, when Paul is saying, like, we got to keep moving forward because I'm going after the prize. It would, it would be recklessly irresponsible to look at Philippians 3 and not acknowledge what the prize is. That home is up ahead. And the end is not the end is how we can keep trusting, keep following a God who has rescued our Kala and safely transferred her from this kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his son, whom he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It is how we, we confidently await our one day reunion with our girl, how we welcome those promises from a distance, how we, how we speak of Kala in present tense because she's not gone. She's home. And we get to go there too. Like we're on the way there. Because the end is not the end. And that is a truth for the heavy and the hard and the awful days. But it's also a truth for the not as heavy, hard and awful days. It's the truth that we need for the meanwhile. This space in between our tents and our home built in heaven. It's, it's truth for the meanwhile. Just as it says in Hebrews 13, 14, for this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. And that will require perseverance. That will require patient endurance. That will require an eternal perspective that recognizes worst things are not the last things. And it reminds us that we can live now in the hope that is to come because we trust that what lies ahead will be the best things. Death is not the end. The end is not the end. God's word tells us that he is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. And all throughout scripture, he tells us about what is beyond what we can now see, what we can welcome through faith in him. And one of my most favorite descriptions in all of scripture is Revelation 21, almost at the very end when it says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And we journey forward with that end in mind. 
Once again, thank you so much for listening along. We're so grateful that you would lean into the deeper places with us. We know this is heavy. We know this is hard. But we pray that you would hear the hope in our words. And we pray that God's word would breathe hope into your hearts as you navigate and live in the tension of the meanwhile. And remember, the end is not the end.